So hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Medics podcast. My name is Imran Lasker. I'm a consultant radiologist. Hi, I'm Tushi Gunwardner. I'm a cardiology registrar subspecializing in intervention. And this has been coming up for a while. I've been uh, trying to get this particular person on for a fair bit. Uh, We actually uh, exchanged numbers through a mutual friend, didn't we, a long time ago? And um, I guess we kind of hit it off from there. So um, really, really delighted to have you on. Uh, Please do introduce yourself. Thank you, Simran. I'm Sean Hussain. I'm a GP in Nottingham. Uh, I've been following this podcast since you started, really enjoying it and uh, very honoured to uh, be here. So thanks for inviting me. Thanks, no, we're honoured to have you, aren't we? I mean, uh, look at that hair through shirt, don't you think? I think, the, I know, I think Sean might. Exactly, what exactly. It's the long locks, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm no part of the car, am I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, That's... well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's what we—he's the what we all aspire to be, right? And you're the closest to him, so you know. <laughs> I think you're the closest. To, you're flying closest to the sun. <laughs> I mean, we've got we've got Sean, we've got Ajay, and we've got um, a parser. Those are like the yeah. three the three hair the holy trifecta, <laughs> <laughs> the hairy trifecta. Yeah, exactly. Those are the kind of people that you want to try and aspire to become. Hopefully, uh, yeah. one of these days. Um, so, Sean, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself then? Sure, yes. So I'm a GP in Nottingham, born and bred here. Uh, I studied at, um, I'm going to say it quietly, Imperial College. (gasps) (laughs) We love Imperial, so we're just joking. We love it, yeah, yeah. You know what? Imperial is really not that big a deal. You know, when I was there, most of the people there, they're just envious about uh, other people who are at Kings and UCL. So, uh, oh, wow. Okay, there you go. How things change. Isn't that uh, But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll get that out of the way because I remember your first episode that was uh, <laughs> rather critical of my colleagues. Um, so yeah, I've been a GP for 15 years now and uh, increasingly starting to get involved in the, uh, the political side and you know, what's really mm. happening around uh, the organization and, and structure and the future of general practice, which... Right now is all quite worrying. I'm sure we're going to pick up on it later, but uh, some, mm. some difficult times ahead. Yeah, I remember you being quite passionate about GP and you know the state of GP at the moment when when we first spoke, and um, it's been sort of an ongoing theme uh, from your tweets and our conversations actually, like how how strongly you feel about that entire. Uh, situation and uh, you know there's been a few things going on this week isn't it with regards to that which which we will come to uh, I'm sure um, it's been a pretty uh, interesting week hasn't it Bethrusha uh, hasn't it Bethrusha mm-hmm. should we um, what should we start with there was a, there was a few good nice-ish tweets before we get into the heavy stuff yeah I've actually forgotten what we agreed to talk about. However, <laughs> well, we, you know what? Let, let's just see how, Thrusha, how are you doing? How, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. So I've gone back into clinical. I'm back into clinical mm-hmm. work now, um, yeah. which is um, uh, scary because I go to nights next week. So um, already like in the deep end, I'm going to, so I'll be tweeting like team night shift. Oh, it's nice to be part of that crew. <laughs> um, so I've got, I've got my sleeping bag and stuff ready, hoping for a good night's sleep. No, I don't know about that. Um, Mate, I mean, you've got kids. You're you're yeah. you're ready for this. You're ready for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They might be chill. Yeah, they might be chill. Um, <laughs> so I've got that coming up next week, and you'll hear me um, tweeting about finding my uh, favourite toilet and stuff. That's what you've all got uh, to look forward to. So uh, brilliant. Can't wait to Brilliant. tell you all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all good. How about you? How are things? Uh, yeah, I just keep finding myself falling asleep in random places. It's not great, is it? No, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty tired. Um, I don't know what's going on. Um, I just need to sleep. I think that's probably much what it is now, um, but yeah, uh, no. Twitter's been keeping me busy. I've been I've been tweeting uh, a fair bit here and there, and uh, no, I haven't been getting in too many ruckuses. I've been keeping myself out. Although today, I think I might have tweeted something I shouldn't have done when oh, someone no. said, um, "What uh, they said." Um, 
Did you always know you wanted to do something? Well, let me find it. It was um, uh, a tweet that came in today and uh, I, I tweeted it and then I thought maybe I shouldn't have done that. It said, a question for doctors from the Medical. Um, a question for doctors. Did you have a specialty in mind when you started med school? And if you did, did you actually end up in it? Um, Sean, you, you've been a GP for a long time. Was it always GP? Was it I always had about no, GP? no idea what I wanted to do. Um, okay, even so after GP qualifying, then. I still had no idea. Um, <laughs> the, my, the first job that I really loved, absolutely uh, just loved, was, um, well, we called it A&E in those days, but ED. Um, mm. And I ended up doing that for two and a half years. And uh, it's just fantastic. Just li- literally, you know, anyone can walk in off the street and present a, a medical complaint to you and you have to deal with it and figure out what to do. And uh, mm. it was just so broad and having that, uh, uh, you know, expanded knowledge of uh, a little bit, knowing a little bit of everything um, mm. was was just uh, really what made me feel like more like a doctor. Uh, I mean, you know, when you leave medical school, um, don't, don't really know a great deal, let's be honest. You know, the first, yeah, the first yeah. day as a doctor, <laughs> you realize how little you know. Um, and uh, I remember you know, catching up with my friends uh, a few days after I qualified and uh, said, oh, yeah, great. Congratulations, well done. Oh, by the way, can you just have a look at this rash on my forearm? <laughs> well, yeah. I can look, but I have no idea what that is. Well, you're a doctor now. You know, why don't you know these things? And yeah. so you kind of feel a little bit, um, you know, a little bit of an imposter. So A and E changed that for me, and, and that's what I really enjoyed. But it was exhausting. It really was uh, very tiring. Yeah, and social hard hours, grind. and decided yeah. that uh, I didn't want to continue with that. Yeah, I mean, Thrusha, you what did you say you were, you were thinking of becoming? Mate, um, well, yeah, I actually wanted to be a paediatrician. I, I did actually quite like cardiology, but I was super, super um, intimidated. I think we did mm. it in the heart hospital and I was just super, and I was just like, I'm too thick. And then I just remember thinking, oh, all pedi- like, you know, when I had a peds attachment, all of them are nice and that seemed really cool. Um, mm. but, but then when I did uh, cardiology as an F2, actually, I thought, actually, you know what? This is, this that is what was I'm your calling. Do. That's the but one. Mate, Mate, I saw your tweet, and <laughs> so I wanted to become an orthopedic surgeon. Then I realised I didn't like orthopedic surgeons. Right? <laughs> <And> now, <laughs> now the thing is, the thing yes. is, I know that there's a layer to this. Because as soon as I read that first line, I was like, right, I know exactly what, like, in the Alaska way of thinking, which is like, those guys are hench. How do how are they all like hench? And they play rugby. I play yeah. rugby, and I can, yeah. oh, I could be like that. And that's literally like you just saw yeah. on the, on the face. It. and then you're like oh god those guys they work really lo-. no 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 yeah, that, that, li- that literally is it that is literally i used to see them i thought they look kind of cool they look like they're confident they look like yeah. they dress well i could do this and then when i realized how hard they're working i thought no bro i'm not about that life no thank you no thank you honestly yeah i mean you you know me that well that you know that's exactly what happened with my entire career choice and how I ended up being doing what I do. Um, Roshana's yeah, going to come for you. Roshana follows you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, f- you. I'm fully expecting a few good. orthopods to come to me. I mean, after yeah, I tweeted, yeah. I thought, yeah, I don't know if that was a good idea. Well, yeah, we'll see if I can. I, I survived so many things. Let's see if I can survive this one. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we had another interesting tweet this week, uh, which um, I think we all can relate to. So Nat at Nat Procision uh, said, Tonight a nurse told me I'm being datixed because I politely refuse to do something I'm not allowed to in my role. Sometimes you just can't win. And she put a little crying face, which kind of breaks your heart a little bit. Um, yeah, Sean, have we been here? Have we been here? Yeah, well, I mean, 
Before Datix, uh, when, when I first started working, it was incident forms, clinical incidents. Uh, back in my day. Back in my day, yeah. <laughs> um, and they'd just literally just been introduced when I was starting. Um, mm. And uh, there wasn't really a huge amount of guidance as to what you would or wouldn't report. And people would just write the most nonsense, vexatious comments about uh, different people and just submit them. And you just think, well, ultimately, this is just going to create a whole lot of paperwork for bureaucrats to go through. Um, what's really going mm. to be achieved here? Um, I don't know when these changed into a Datix, or actually, in fact, what, what a Datix is, how it's structurally different. But um, I yeah. think, uh, you know, that this, some, some of it just seems really inappropriate. And I saw that and thought, gosh, this is just wrong, isn't it? I think wasn't like an incident form. I think I remember those. Like I, I don't think we're that far apart in terms of age. Like I think wasn't there. It was like a checkbook, you know, like with the different layers, <laughs> and you like wrote on the top, and it kind of embossed it onto different. It was like literally a form. I've no, uh, I have no idea. I, I never filled one. Yeah, out. I remember I had um, to do one, and um, mm. but I won't talk about that. But the, um, I got. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember I got Datex as an SHO for when I was a night re- when I was a night SHO, and it was for not prescribing warfarin. And I remember the absolute injustice of finishing nights and getting this email like you were Datex for not prescribing warfarin, and being like that warfarin that would have been pres- would have been something that someone would have expected to get at six o'clock, right? Everyone gets warfarin at six o'clock, and you're Datexing the night SHO who starts at nine thirty for not prescribing that warfarin. Something, something's not quite, something's not quite right there. And um, I remember just getting this kind of slightly sanctimonious email from like a a strict consultant basically saying, uh, just like lecturing me on like the importance of warfarin and being like, mate, I I wanted to reply being like, mate, what do you think I was doing all night? Like, do you you think I was just, (laughs) what do you like, I was chilling? No, like, um, and to be honest, like I was the type of person who, um, I used to get pieces of paper and staple them together and write all my little phone calls and all my little jobs on so and literally i'd keep them afterwards i was like literally nobody called me to even do it i was so vexed about it even though these things never really amount to anything other than those stroppy emails they still hurt still yeah hurt. they it's still like, get imagine. you don't they yeah. i mean weren't one of you saying something about someone day texting something else or filling out an inappropriate day text it was just some sort of circle <laughs> of <laughs> wow it's like meta whoa yeah Full where did circle. it start where's it going yeah yeah, yeah that exactly. happened with uh, incident forms there was one uh, doctor who put in an incident form against another doctor because he was putting too many incident forms in against him and it, it just it just got silly and, and i thought i, I don't want to oh, play man. this game no, if, if, I, if I've got a problem with with how someone's practicing, I'd much sooner just take them to one side and have a chat with them. And then, you know, yeah. we, we, we can talk it through. And, yeah, you know, or, or, or people seem to tweet about it these days yeah. and uh, say what they want to say about something else that's going on. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, there was a tweet that um, garnered a bit of attention this week, wasn't it? Something about uh, someone um, not being told about side effects. Did you see that? Someone not being told about side effects until, until they started learning about the medication that they're on while at medical school. And um, yeah, it kind of garnered a lot of uh, heat, I guess, because a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been in that situation when I haven't been told about the side effects. Now, someone who doesn't really deal with dealing out medication, I mean, you guys, you guys must have this, right? I mean, how many side effects do you want to tell people about? It, it must just go on forever, no? Yeah, I mean, I talk about the common side effects, always you know, documenting, you know, discuss risks versus benefits of starting new medication. Uh, but you can't go through literally every single side effect uh, because you know there's it's like pages and pages of them. They'll come in a little leaflet with the, with the prescription. You just tell them that they're all mm. listed there, but the common ones to watch out for are this, this, and this. And the short advice mm. is if you have any problems, stop taking it, call me. And then uh, we'll, mm. we'll uh, take it from there. I mean, people want some kind of like gold star. 
I mean, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it, if you had like a 40 minute consultation per person whereby you could go through all of the ins and outs, draw diagrams and, you mm. know, kind of like walk them through absolutely everything. But the problem is, is that just that's not the kind of system that we operate in. And people still kind of want that, don't they? And they get that impression that, well, you know, what can you do? Like, you know, one something has to give. Right. And so. Mm. You just have to be really, you have to be pragmatic. Yeah, we've got to remember yeah, that um, we do 10 minute appointments, as I'm sure you know. Um, and in mm. that time, we deal with an average of 2.7 problems. So, you know, mm. we've really got to use that time as efficiently as possible. And, and yeah. uh, whilst it's important okay. to discuss side effects of meds, we've yeah. to discuss other do you find too. Do you find that you're just speaking faster and faster? Like, how, <laughs> what the hell? Like, how do you even, 2.7 problems? Like, if you do the math, that is some. Um, that's three minutes, or like three minutes, just about like per pop. That's wow. That's just that's 180 insane, seconds. Genuinely, just put a beat in the background, and you lot are rapping. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got to document everything afterwards. Don't forget that. Yeah, oh, I was oh, thinking wow. that. I was thinking that because does that ten minutes include looking at the little like the triage note? Yeah. Oh my god! And requesting stuff after. Oh, that's that's ridiculous. Oh my god! It's it takes you like, yeah, like it will take you like t- time to like type in oh a spelling mistake or oh mate, it takes me that long to just look at the indication. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Forget I that. Stress. Um, yeah, but you know, like I, I've had friends who've come up to me and they'll tell me something about meprazole or something, and then they'll be like, oh, but there's a side effect, and I'll be like, I don't remember that side effect at all. Like that doesn't sound familiar. And it turns out like they've read the leaflet, and the leaflet basically talks about every single thing under the sun, and so it's a bit like oh. And then I try and tell them, listen, mate, they're just they've got to cover themselves. They've got to write every single possibility. You know, it's unlikely you're going to get those things. And then obviously they don't listen to me because I'm just a radiologist. But um. <laughs> It's it's is is a situation is a bit of a problem, isn't it? Like you know, which which side effects you want to talk about? Which ones are important? How do you know which ones someone's going to get? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah I work with this. Isn't it? I work with this old consultant who uh, once said, "If you read every single newspaper from cover to cover every day, you'd never leave the house." And it's much yeah. like that with the side effects of these medications. If you read all of the possible side effects that happen, and some of them are literally like one in a million, um, mm. you know, you're never going to end up mm. taking them. So there's a uh... Really good uh, thread um, from Hassan Ali Beg who talks about it. Mm. Was that he, um, there was that kind of study that looked into uh, statins, and um, because obviously that garnered lots and lots of press. And there was a study that looked at kind of like perceived side effects of people who thought they were getting the statins but actually were getting a placebo, were reporting the muscle aches and things. And it just showed how pervasive that terrible, terrible media coverage was. We're still dealing with the after effects like now of people just be like, oh no, I've heard this and that about statins. It's so, such a challenge. You've almost got to set aside like, you know, a, a bit of the consultation just to do for, for me anyway, dealing with statins and talking about it, just to kind of unpick that stuff. But he, his tweet was a tweet on doctors not discussing risks of medications with patients is getting some traction on med Twitter. It's easy mm. to criticize and say doctors should mention all risks and side effects, but it's not that simple. The nocebo effect is real. In discussing side effects, we can induce symptoms that otherwise may not occur. That's actually what that study, one of the things the study showed. Communicating risk is well, is also not easy, and appropriate levels of information may vary based on a patient's preference. And there was a study that looked at when we were kind of trying to quantify risk to people. So when we uh, consent people for procedures, we say the risk of you having a serious complication is one in a hundred. And in this kind of survey of participants, often their understanding of one in a thousand of a risk versus one in 10, one in a hundred was, they actually would get confused about it because it's not actually mm. necessarily the best way of describing risk. And it's not, and doesn't really encompass everything like 
but we kind of use this kind of um, one size fits all explanation. I mean, yeah, exactly. You're kind of expecting someone to really understand the maths behind it. So if you say like, you know, this this is the percentage, you expect them to know that oh, one and some and something could happen. This could happen to them and one and something, something could not happen too. And um, it can be difficult. You've got to try and gauge what your, your patients are really thinking and saying. And I guess the only time I've ever been remotely near that sort of situation when I'm doing, uh, you know, steroid injections. But I've noticed that um, sometimes like um, you could be careful in the way you say things. Like you've got a very sort of anxious patient anyway. And in the grand scheme of things, steroid injections aren't going to do very much. But as soon as they see the needle, as soon as they know it's going in, you know they're going to be very, very anxious. You've got to sort of either kind of not play it down, but kind of mention it in passing that, yeah, there is a small risk, but I really wouldn't worry about it kind of thing. And I do feel like uh, you have to gauge the patient as well, trying to, you know, try and do what's best for them because they're not always going to understand, um, you know, the the gravity of what you're talking about. Sometimes there's no gravity behind the reason you're talking about it, but you just got to talk about it because it's, it's there, isn't it? But yeah, anyway, there's um, there's been a, um, there was something else that popped up which made me me giggle a bit, and it was um, from my favorite um, po- uh, favorite Twitter account, Thrusha. We should probably say the two medics' favorite Twitter account is called Fesshole, and you just wonder whether you could do this with Daytexes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when I worked on the local library, every time we received a new book by Nadine Doris Doris, I marked it as damaged and threw it straight in the bin. Did the same with David Cameron's autobiography. I mean, that's a public service, isn't it? That's, you know, very, very commendable work. And you wonder where they could just do that in Daytex world, right? They just, <laughs> yeah, just find most of them damaged and uh, throw them in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess you can't believe everything that you read through, Sharon. There was something that I wanted to ask you about from a GRG Chris. Uh, oh yeah, and um, I want to know: Is this true? So he said um, there was a picture he showed, and there's some uh, subtitles of someone massaging someone's leg, and it said massaging the leg calf, which is also known as a second heart. Um, <laughs> as a cardiologist, um, yeah. Uh, well, uh, this is this is really awkward because this is one of those secrets that cardiologists don't want you to know. Which is the, <laughs> the way to a man's heart is through his calf muscle. I mean, there's uh, I have lots of concerns about this tweet i mean the picture is odd because um it doesn't look like i mean it's got someone with pearl earrings and a mask with their hat both hands underneath and it doesn't look like they're feeling calves it looks like i don't know what they're doing but it's underneath the blanket i don't i don't have any idea you're going straight to smart med Twitter, aren't you? Uh, yeah, That's exactly. That's where your mind is going. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I still firmly believe that this the kind of direct path to the to the heart is through the stomach. So I still, I still on that. <laughs> um, I mean, it kind of, I mean, Sean, you, I mean, you were talking to us yesterday about a personal experience of yours where it wasn't your calf that was hurting; it was your, it was your own chest, it was your own heart that kind of ended up having a bit of a been an event i mean did you want to talk about that yeah Your yeah we can do yeah. it we were talking about statins earlier and um i i was uh, i i had a stemi back in 2019 um amongst was it done by thrusha by any chance no it wasn't no it was the strange i was 44 years old and just having a normal day been to the gym no problems uh, working out and just had this awful severe Textbook, crushing central and left side of chest pain, going into my uh, shoulder and my arm and up my neck. And in particular, it was around the throat. It really felt like quite tight, like I was really, really anxious. Um, uh-huh. And uh, called the paramedics. How, uh, how much disbelief was there when that came on? Because I can imagine you'd be like, I've just been to the gym. Like, Couldn't believe it at all. I, I, was, I, I mean, I, at the time, I was really fit and well, healthy, 
yeah. normal weight, blood pressure normal, cholesterol normal, not diabetic. The only thing against me was a family history, a strong family history on both sides. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, when I spoke to the cardiologist, he said basically it's bad genes and bad luck uh, that's caused mm. this. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, quite an experience. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend yeah. it. <laughs> but what was interesting was after the procedure, I went straight to uh, the angio table and uh, they made quite a large clot from my LAD. Um, mm. And then the, uh, the admitting ward sister said, uh, you know, what do you do for a living? And I told her I was a doctor. And then she just sort of sighed and rolled her eyes and said, oh, gosh, we admit so many doctors here, you wouldn't believe it. And that really got me thinking. And um, I thought, you know, how, how many other doctors go through this at this, uh, at this age? Um, just not even mid-40s. Um, at the same time, I just got a text message from a friend of mine from med school whose partner down in Kent, uh, he uh, just collapsed and died while cycling at the age of 36. Uh, also oh, from gosh. a heart attack. Um, so, yeah, pretty scary. Um, and just it's got me wondering about a number of things. Uh, not only this overall cardiovascular risk, but also also the roles, the jobs we do, and how much stress we bring on, and how much we carry mm. with us without realizing it, and what that's actually doing to our health. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Well, it's not funny, but like as in weird. It's funny, weird, as in how like we know that kind of stress has a kind of role in promoting inflammation, and we know that kind of even though. Um, the modifiable risk factors that we know contribute to things like angina and coronary disease are part of it. We know that when people have plaques and stemmies, often a lot of that is because of inflammation and it can be very difficult to predict um, in some people. Oh, it's just, um, uh, I mean, what's, what's the lesson? Like, oh, we have to just dial down the stress in our lives? Like, there's so much uh, tension. I mean, like, uh, so much of this is out of out of our control right um, yeah it is i think i mean what saved my life obviously was the paramedics arriving on time um they were yeah. at my house within 20 minutes um you know had it happened today um i don't think they'd have had quite the same response and uh, yeah. cardiologist said if we'd left it another hour you wouldn't have made it um mm. and and that really terrifies me given what's happening with the nhs at the moment and you know, yeah what what we can well, do about it as a patient quite recently um, who had chest pain at home and then they were told that the ambulance would take about an hour and a half. So the wife, patient's wife just decided, you know, he was in too much pain, uh, so drove him mm. to the hospital. And then he had an arrest pretty much as they're putting him on the table. So oh, wow. if, so if I guess if they'd have waited, you know, it'd um, yeah, be a different prospect, really. I mean, the lifestyle of medics is, is it's not exactly as in you think that medics would know uh, best how to sort of look after themselves and know what to avoid. But then I guess at the end of the day, we are human beings and we do very stressful jobs and that can kind of take over. And you almost feel like this, is, you know, this is not going to happen to me, is it? Like, it's just it's not something that's going to happen to me. And then you sort of just carry on until something, something, you know, unfortunate can happen. And then um, I guess uh, you're in a little bit of denial about the the whole thing. Um, there, there was another tweet that a little bit about sort of medical lifestyles. Uh, it was by Mary Lee Clunk, and um, it's quite a nice name, Clunk. Uh, attending, um, basically, attending says, choosing to be a surgeon as a woman will lead you to divorce, and your children will resent you for it. You will choose your career over your family. And then this person's uh, the med student was too the med student was too stunned to speak. Um, is this realistic? Is this uh, is this something that you've seen or feel? Well, that's a pretty rapid diagnosis there, isn't it? Um, I think what concerns me there immediately is, uh, you know, how many uh, women surgeons has he actually spoken to? Um, 
in, in this little audit that he's done. And I know loads of uh, female <laughs> surgeons that have actually got a wonderful family life. It's just, uh, you know, it's just a ridiculous thing to say, honestly. Yeah. I, I would date exempt it's, for that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's horrible, though, isn't it? Isn't it rooted, it's rooted in like misogyny. What a kind of dis- like, weird, disparaging thing to do. Um, it's made a whole load of assumptions. It's quite nice to see some of the responses there by like some prominent surgeons, so Jamie Coleman, mm. MD, FACS. In short, that's bullshit. Feel free to give mm. your attending my number, or better yet, my husband's number. And loads of surgeons mm. have replied, which has been really good. So, um, but, oh. Yeah, it's good to know that that um, sentiment doesn't have to be true. I mean, especially as you go through with these days as well. I think people aren't that averse to going less than full time, right? Like you feel like you, it's it's like it's not a look down upon thing. I mean, you got to be a bit strong and do what you got to do, and then especially when you finish, you you choose how you want to live your life, and um, it doesn't have to be a hundred miles per hour like this. It just depends on where you want to be and where you want to work, right? Yeah, I think. Um, one of the things that really gets me about it is this kind of implication about children and stuff, whether they want to have children or not and whatever. And also like mm. women being made to kind of feel like they're being selfish for having children and having careers. Like they're literally furthering the human race. Like that's literally how we survive. Like, you know, women have to have children. And also like they make out like women are being really selfish for doing it. But it's like usually there's like a man involved as well where people are having children. So it's not just like the women just be like, oh, I'm going to have it, go on a jaunt and have a child. Like uh, mm. it's just... Um, so weird yeah having kids is no easy feat sean you've got kids haven't you from what i remember i do i've got a 13 year old boy um and uh yeah it's just it's difficult now that he's 13 he, he's, he's not my little baby boy anymore you know uh, it's just, oh. just a little bit upsetting you know I mean, oh. <laughs> what does he want to be when he grows up um he's veering between uh, medicine and law which is uh, obviously uh, two very Indian professions to go into. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, um, I think I, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Uh, he's really good at computing. And, um, okay. And, yes, and he's, the next uh, Facebook. That's what you want. Surprisingly, he's really into music, although he's not actually playing any instruments. Um, but he's really enjoying um, music lessons at school. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, when they get to the age of 13, it's, it's kind of sad, you know, like um, he went off and saw the new Spider-Man movie with his mates. I'm like, well, don't we normally go and see Marvel films together? I said, oh, oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't want to go with you, Daddy. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So, oh, yeah, no. It, was, it was just a little bit heartbreaking. But You know, I, I do I do miss being that young. Like, I'm, I mean, there's not even that. Well, when I was in F1, I remember there was a medical um now she was a work experience girl and then she uh, she was following me around and i happened to be on surgery vascular surgery and my my consultant surgeon was on leave for like the next two weeks so basically we had no patients it was very little to do so i was kind of going between you know jobs helping other people out and then sometimes genuinely i had dead time so i just end up in the mess room watching like tv and there was some weird hillary duff movie which is kind of a cinderella playoff i didn't know what it was and then um I think one day she came in, she said she wanted to be a neuro- neurologist. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, and why do you want to be a neurologist? And she told me, and I was like, okay, well, you know, there are a few things to think about with neurology. And she was like, okay. The next day she came and said, you know what, I've changed my mind. I want to be a rheumatologist. And I was like, it's amazing you can turn your, turn, you know, just change your mind like that. I mean, that's that's what being young is, like being able to change your mind. And then I think at the end of the placement, I said to her, listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think medicine's all that good. I, I don't know if you should, you should really, I think you should really think about doing something else. I'm just saying. And she goes, I spent the last week with you, Moran, and all you've done is hassle other people, annoy them, have cups of tea and sit there and watch Hilary Duff movies during the day. How can you tell me this is not a very good job? And I thought, 
Okay, look, you just got me in a bad week, okay, or a good week. What is it? No, I, I always I wonder what she's doing now. I, I meet a lot of people who are considering medicine, but are just a bit unsure about general practice at the moment. I, I still stand by my belief that general practice is, is a terrific job, and, and I always recommend it to anyone who has an interest in it. Um, and, and I think being a doctor is, is wonderful as well. I, I really, really do enjoy uh, being a doctor, and feel like you know you're contributing to society and, and hopefully making a small difference here and there. But um, yeah, just uh, just increasingly seeing a lot more doctors nowadays, junior doctors who are saying, oh, I, "I don't want to be a GP," um, and that that is that that is quite sad. I think we've got a, a serious um, um, image problem right now in general practice that, that we need to address. But do you Sean, they haven't seen your hair. They haven't seen your hair. You just got to show me your hair, and that's it. Like this, that's it. With a poster boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But do you think? I mean, part of it is is because. Does, isn't it that it, it's just um, it seems to be one it, it, just one crisis that well it's just like one crisis after the other and it's like this is terrible but now it genuinely looks more terrible and now it looks more terrible and um, I, how do you see this kind of situation going like um, well is, is it know, not the case um, across hospital medicine too like I mean year on year since you've been working don't you find the jobs just got maybe a tiny bit worse each year no? Uh, no one knows I exist, so I sit in a basement. And, uh, you, you, lot, you lot are having your fires upstairs, and I'm sitting there like, just keep the scans coming, people. Just keep them coming. I'll keep reporting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, but no, I'm joking. Yeah, I mean, I was, literally, I was sitting in clinic today, and um, you know, I had a few patients, and they would telephone, but I didn't feel like, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, there's, that when I put the phone down, I remember to one point, there's no way that I would have managed a 10 minute consultation with that person. There's no oh, way mate. I would have, no. would have been able to do it. And ultimately, like if my clinic would have overrun, I, I could have done it because it was still, it was still kind of like manageable. I still feel like my workload is kind of manageable. Mm. Um, but when I hear about the kind of, the, this, the kind of insane numbers, um, I just don't, I don't think that's very sustainable. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not sustainable. I think the two professions, are general practice and A and E, they're, they're the two that you know yeah. just theoretically um, see infinite patients because uh, they they yeah. don't stop contacting you. Uh, we we can't uh, just say actually no, that's it. We're at capacity now. You know, like I actually want to be a GP for a really, really long. I don't know if you remember this, Thrush, but I want to be a GP for a really long time. And I think mm. the part that I think there was a, there was a couple of points, and I realised this probably is not for me. And it was when I was in my GP placement, and um, a young lady came in, and then she was just crying a lot, and I, I couldn't get her to tell me what it was. And then after a while, she was like, "Oh, she, you know, I think a boyfriend had broken up with her, and she's feeling really sad." And I felt so out of like place. I had no idea what to do. I literally kind of just pushed these tissues across and I said, oh, there's some tissues. And she started crying some more. And I just sat there and I started feeling sad too after a while. I was like, man, I feel sad. Like I, I had a good day coming into this and now I feel really, really bad about this. And then um, and then I think the next patient, I think their, their dog had passed away or something and they started crying oh, too. I'm like, what is going on today? You're going to empathize with that feeling, at all. <laughs> I, I felt sad for it genuinely I felt like a family member had passed away and I felt sad and then I, I felt that I felt that when the morning finished I, thought, I feel really down and I, I've I've got a good what's going on here mm. and I thought the, the emotional kind of how taxing it is because you kind of almost got a um I mean my my understanding is very limited I only did it for a short amount of time but I found that um emotionally it was really draining like really yeah. really draining honestly yeah it, it definitely it. it definitely can be um I mean what uh I remember the day I decided I wanted to be a GP. It was uh, I went to one of the hospital um, grand rounds that they did on Wednesday lunchtimes, 
and some GPs mm. would turn up to that. And there was uh, one guy in particular that came in, and he's wearing a cardigan. And uh, he just looked cool. really sort of chilled out, and relaxed and calm. And, and uh, he was also wearing something that I hadn't seen before in senior doctors, and that was a smile. And uh, so I <gasps> talked to him and uh, said hello. And, and uh, he talked to me, we wanted to talk uh, in first name terms. And he was just the loveliest, nicest guy. And I, I couldn't believe he was a senior doctor. And then when yeah. the grand round started, his knowledge and, and his actual contributions to the discussion were just on another level. I thought, wow, this guy is really smart because um, you've got to know a little bit about everything and um, you know if you've got a special interest in an area then you can build on that and uh, I was just sort of blown away with how down to earth how humble how easygoing and how incredibly bright he was and I thought I think yeah. this is the kind of doctor I want to be like mm. of course I failed miserably I ended up being like me but uh, you know it's just it's good to have aspirations <laughs> isn't it <laughs> Yeah, well, oh, I mean, but going back to like you know what Imran was saying about kind of the the baggage that there is after after say like a really busy day, and obviously you know I guess your perspective on things might have changed after twenty nineteen and having the heart attack. I mean, how do you decompress and stuff now? Like, how do you or how do you put things in perspective? Because obviously your role now, so you're involved in the DA UK. Like, how do you manage the stresses of those kind of different roles that you have um, and keep it together? I mean, what do you do? I go on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I think, all right, who, who am I going to pick a fight yeah. with today? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't do that. Of course. Um, I, I just um, just stay at home, to be honest. So obviously, we can't really go out much nowadays anyway. I, I just mm. relax and spend time with my family, mm. put my feet up, okay. um, watch comedy. I watch a lot of comedy because, um, you know, laughter is just so important um, yeah. to me. And, and to I mean, love. do you think... A- do you think a calendar would help you, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. to try and <laughs> bring us onto another tweet? Where are we um, going with so this? So Pete, um, Pete Turton, as other accounts said, sod it, here it is, feast your feast your ghouls on a calendar that he had shared. And uh, it was a friendly February calendar and it's a personal challenge. And um, yeah, do you guys want to tell us a little bit about this calendar? Was anything in that calendar that kind of jumped your way that made you think, yes, friendly February, let's do it. Yeah, which is all. Um, have a brave conversation with someone. I mean, what does that really mean? What do you think that is? Like telling them that their breath smells or something? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. There was a few things on this. So what was the point? It was trying to make you take Febrion and yeah. um, you know go through some personal challenges. And but the kind of personal challenge they were throwing was just a bit, a bit odd. Like, yeah, smile and let your eyes smile. Uh, smile. That's, you know, that's, let your yeah. smile reach your eyes or something Amazing. like that. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Like the anatomy of that doesn't make sense. But there's one that says, "Say I don't know at least once." And I was like, "Oh, what? There's just one day for that." That's like me every day. That's, <laughs> that's like, it's fine. What? Oh, I only allowed one day in February. Oh God. Um, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing that some of this stuff, I mean, someone's gone, thought that up, yeah, then made that, wrote yeah. that out, yeah, and then printed that out or made it into a PDF and sent it around thinking, yep, that's it. That's my contribution to the world. It's going to be a feel good February. Well, I'm, I'm going I'm <laughs> to play, calendar. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I think, I think whoever <laughs> oh. it was that came up with this was probably quite well intentioned. Um, I just True. think that given, I don't deny given I don't what's deny happening it. right yeah. now in the world, you know, we're on the brink of World War Three, and, you know, still in a pandemic, um, you know, 
a massive backlog of uh, medical problems. Everyone's working so hard. The cost of living has gone sky high. It's just like, you know, kind of read the room. You know, you don't want to be telling people how to live their lives right now. You just need to just say, just but relax thing and is, take it easy. I don't know if you know Pete. I don't know if you know Pete or follow Pete Turton's account. This is not the guy you want to be sending this kind of thing to. No. <laughs> He's going to lap it up and burn it up. He, he loves it. He loves it. You know he does. Yeah, there's feelings. feelings. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Um, speaking of kind of feelings and stuff, though, there was this quite nice tweet that I saw you replied to, Sean. Um, it was um, it was about a thread about hot drinks for doctors, and there was a nice mm. reply by Marky Mark Squid- at Squidgy Brain um, on the second of March that said, um, "I got a dressing down by a ward sister for having the temerity to make a rather shaky F one tea and toast after their first arrest. You aren't here to serve doctors. The tribalism is mad." Um, wow. And uh, Sean, you replied saying that F1 will never forget your kindness, which I think is really true, you know? Like, yeah, it's, it's so true. true. I mean, we all remember our first arrest. Uh, we, we all remember our first lots of things in medicine and how it affected mm. us. Um, and I remember just freezing. I was literally just, I couldn't move. What do I do? Mm. And then, you know, you get senior doctors and colleagues coming in and helping and okay, and, and they look after you. And, uh, mm. and then it does make a huge difference. I had a ward clerk once make me a, tea and toast after I just had this really strange dizzy episode on the ward once and uh, I still remember it to this day, it was 2003 um, such a you know, incredible act of kindness but I do get annoyed with this whole you know, it's not my job to do that or you shouldn't be doing that because that's not your job um, that, mm. that kind of frustrates me I think, okay well yeah it might not be your job, it might not be in your job description but, but don't be a dick about it, you know, just do what you can to yeah, help yeah. people the trick is, though, if you get asked to do stuff that you don't really want to do, the trick that I've learned is you just do it really, really badly. So you do it you kind of like use lukewarm milk, water with a tea bag in and then just put like, just make the most anemic tea and you had to, and nobody will ask you to do it again. <laughs> and it looked like you tried, like, oh, look, here it is. They were like, oh, thank you. And then they will never ask you to do it again. <laughs> That's my um. secret. A secret to success. I, I still, I mean, speaking of what, I mean, think about what Sean said. It's so true. Like I, I remember the first day as a F1, I was really stressed out. Literally the first day I walked onto the ward and the nurses gave me hugs and like, welcome me. You know, Don't worry, we'll look after you. And I still remember that. Um, so nice. And then, yeah, and there was another nurse that I got along with her really well. Like uh, there was a few hairy situations needed help with. And I helped her out. And when I was leaving, she gave me the ward clock, clock and I still have that in my parents' oh. house. And I said, why are you giving me the ward clock? Or clock? I mean, you need the clock. Now we're getting a new one anyway. But yeah, you, this is a few, mate. You, oh. you deserve this. And I thought, wow, man, I've, I've got the ward cl- clock, everyone. This is amazing. And it's still in my parents' house. I still see it, and I think of her and I think of that time I was on that oh, ward. That's yeah, it was good times, man, back in yeah. those days when they were disturbing me in the middle of a Hillary Duff movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I helped out. I helped out. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, shall we get um, into some more gritty topics? So can we talk ooh, about Calvin? Know, yeah, go for it. Go about for Calvin. it, yeah, so, do it. Yeah, so do uh, it. I'm naming him, oh my God, Calvin Maestro MD, mm. because he's just horrible. And uh, he was tweeting about the lady, lady doctor says... No pylon, please. No, no pylon. Don't pylon. Yeah. Don't pylon. Mm. He doesn't care anyway, yeah. but... Uh, yeah. Um, he uh, so uh, lady doctor says who's um, I think like an orthopedic surgeon in this anyway she's an orthopedic surgeon mm. and he was commenting on her profile picture that doesn't have her face it's just got her torso but he seemed to think that was really provocative and mm. uh, he basically was implying that you know that whole that age old thing where if you're wearing a certain outfit you're kind of asking for it, that kind of stuff he just mm. he, all his tweets were just really horrible and misogynistic. I mean, what's happened here? Because he looks like he's taken a photo of a screen, 
Is that right? And then and the screen looks like it's on a blanket of some sort. So he's taken a photo of a div image or, on what looks like a blanket. So I don't know where he is or what he's doing um, when he's looking at this picture. And, you know, it's a, it's a nice picture. Um, but he's basically saying that because she's got that picture, she's what? She's she's inviting attention. Is that what he's saying? Like, yeah. is that yeah. what he's trying to say? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, the funny thing is, and I guess the reason why I mentioned his name is because when you look at his profile picture, I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It looks pretty... What is that? It's, it's pretty inviting. He's, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, for what, mate? For what? What's he inviting you for? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just saying. He's like, get, get in my van. <laughs> oh, we're cancelled, Trusha. I tried to avoid this. I tried to avoid it for as long as I could. I tried to save us so many times. <laughs> sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I couldn't keep it in. You can, you can keep right. it in. Um, oh, Calvin. Anyway, Calvin. look, Calvin, you've got a friendly face. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, that, you know, friendly face is saying a lot, isn't it? You know, it's a bit... Um, yeah, come come join me wherever I am. Um, yeah. We uh, talking of, of controversies. Uh, we did have a tweet from from uh, East uh, E E A S T Ambulance Service, and thank you know fair enough. They they've re retracted the tweet, um, but I thought it was quite funny because um, there was a bit of a misunderstanding that caused a subsequent bin fire, which then got kind of put out very very quickly. But they wrote the average GP gets less than two hours training on EDs in their entire medical degree. All right, emergency department. Uh, for under-resourced GPs who want to help and patients facing the consequence of delayed treatment, two hours isn't enough. So you only get two hours of training in ED, apparently. So you've got to be, a, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and it caused a bit, of, um, a bit of a storm. But Sean, maybe you could explain what really went down. Well, it turns out that he meant eating disorders, not emergency department. Um, <laughs> So ridiculous, isn't it? The thing is, is, you know, I really hate this. I hate the use of like uh, kind of acronyms for stuff. So ED could be erectile dysfunction. I don't know why my mind went straight to that, but erectile dysfunction is one. I hate it when, you know, people... They only spend two hours on erectile dysfunction. Are you serious? They can't be treating that. What? What? (laughs) Hey, that's not a laughing matter. Wait, that's not a laughing matter. No, it's not. But like, it's not. It's it's really important and stuff. But like, you know, it's like when people do... PE for like plural effusion. I've seen people do that. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what it is. But people do those kind of... Um... Well, physical education. Yeah, exactly. Oh, or PSAs. Well. Wasn't there something else like PSAs recently? Some of the med students oh, were doing yes. PSAs. And I kept reading, you know, prostate specific, whatever. <laughs> yeah, true. Like, okay, um, what, all these kids are getting prostates done. That's interesting. Uh, maybe something yeah, I should be worried about. Thinking um, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They are thinking ahead. Um, so they, re- yeah, I think they then, deleted yeah. that tweet, didn't they? Um, and then they apologised. Yeah, and, and they've um, and they've apologised for the misinterpretation of um, yeah what they were saying. Um, yeah. Incidentally, there is there was a uh, a thread that kind of came out of it, which was quite nice on uh, nice as an in, uh, informative on eating disorders. Mm. Um, which uh, can we? Uh, it was by um, Chloe Beale. Hmm. Uh, Dr. Chloe Beale, and she tweeted it on the 2nd of March. So that was that was good. And it uh, references the at Beat ED campaign about uh, doctors training into eating disorders, which is which is sorely lacking. And so hmm. that should be a takeaway. You know what? There are actually some very good nuggets of information that you can get from Twitter. Um, certain people will post you know, links, images, um, which, which can be really informative. I've actually um, referred to some of them in my appraisals before. Uh, so, so I think, yeah, there's hmm. a lot of things to learn. Hmm. I think wasn't there a med Twitter person that did a, a nice little thread on um, hyenas today? Did you see that? 
Oh, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, Sean, I'll send it to you later. But very informative okay. and uh, no doubt <laughs> um, a lot. I was referring <laughs> more to. He's wearing the tone. I was referring more to <laughs> those kind of tweets like uh, uh, Ajay does uh, with the gastro information. Oh, the twelves. So, no, yeah, <laughs> Gastro updates and uh, information around that. Yeah, 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 really enough, yeah, yeah. There, there are some interesting ones. I think Thrusha, you've had one pinned for a while about um, something card. I never bothered reading it, but it seemed interesting. It's really good. Yeah, it's about okay, the history of angina. You know, the the origins of the word and you know how it came about. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, you check it out. Yeah, I yeah. put gifts in there and everything. It's you know multimedia approach <laughs> to try <laughs> and teach people that. Uh, about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's my pinned tweet. It's, uh, I'm very proud of it. Um, anyway. Anyway, yes. Should we, there was, should we um, talk? Yeah, there was something, Sean, you wanted to probably talk about. Something's very, very relevant to yourself. Uh, something about negotiating, you know, the whole thing's about negotiating and uh, getting to a hopefully an agreement about something. Uh, did you want to talk about that now? Yeah, we can. Uh, where to start, though? So um, mm. uh, so just to be clear, I'm not part of any negotiating teams here. I'm, I'm just a, a quiet little GP doing my own thing. Um, no, so you turn up and that's it. You, I would agree with whatever you said. You turn up and be like, look, just whatever he says, I agree with. That's it. Done. Do it. <laughs> I, I, I do some work with the DA UK. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, basically what's happening right now is that uh, GPs have got a contractor. So it was renewed in 2019 to run until 2024. And obviously straight after 2019, uh, the pandemic hit us and everything changed in terms of uh, what we were doing, how we were practicing our workload. Um, adapting and adjusting to uh, new ways of working uh, and then starting the vaccination campaign in addition to our regular duties uh, we provided 75% of all vaccinations uh, against COVID. Um, more consultations are doing about a million consults a day on average across the country with fewer doctors, greater demand, holding more patients on NHS waiting lists as these continue to rise um, and so it very reasonably uh, the uh, BMA went back to NHS England and said, look, you know, can we review this contract, please? Um, because, you know, quite a lot's happened. Um, and so negotiations have been ongoing for several weeks. And then I believe it was Monday, um, NHS England basically said, no, that's it. Uh, we are going to impose a new contract on you. Um, and uh, this is going to run for the rest of this current contract. And uh, you can't renew it until 2024. Um, and that includes uh, a lot of funding that's tied into primary care networks, which on their own are kind of a flawed concept. Um, and there won't be any additional uh, increased funding to our core. Um, and if you're not part of the, uh, the primary care networks, then, then you don't get these monies. So it's actually grossly unfair what's happened. And uh, a lot of GPs are very upset. Um, some furious has been a joint statement today from... Uh, the DA UK and GP Survival talking about how absolutely outraged we are about it mm. and, and also questioning the legality of it. Um, these emergency powers uh, can only be used in certain situations which we don't feel this qualifies for. So yes, very interesting times within general practice at the moment and I think there's ongoing conversations um, and we'll see what comes of it. Mm. Do, you, do you think that there is... Um, like a negotiating power, not uh, like is there power to kind of, uh, well, I guess not even just from a legal standpoint, but just from a kind of general kind of structural standpoint to resist this? Is is that will they be able to offer much in the way of resistance? Yes, or? but then what does resistance look like? Um, it can look like anything from you know just 
That's refusing right, to do certain things or to or full out industrial action and going on strike. And I just yeah. don't think that the latter will happen and it certainly shouldn't happen um, for a number of reasons, obviously, like I said earlier, we're potentially on the brink of World War Three, um, and uh, our stock is so low in the public anyway. Um, people already think the GPs are far too rich and overpaid and not working hard enough. If we were really on strike, then the, the public would absolutely crucify us. Um, so I can't see that working. I mean, this is just me speaking for myself, just to be clear. So wow. in terms of, uh, I, I think we, I think ideally they should be getting back to the negotiating table and uh, trying to work this out between them. You know, we've got some very intelligent people and uh, I don't understand why they can't hammer it out between them. Yeah, quite challenging times, isn't it? Um, it sounds like. And um, Sean, were you, were you standing for something? You, you were going to be um, in the midst of getting... Yes, so, or something is that right? Yeah, I'm standing for election to the BMA council. Uh, voting starts uh, this month, actually later on this month. Um, and mm. uh, yeah, this is a really nice way to plug me. Actually, thanks for bringing that in, Yeah. <laughs> How do we vote for you? How do we uh, vote for you? You have to be a BMA member, and uh, the, yeah. the forms will be sent out with uh, your your uh, Saturday BMA um, mm. journals. And so, um, and what role? Sorry. Is it okay to ask? You know, what kind of role and stuff are you? Well, the BMA Council really covers pretty much everything. I was previously going for the uh, GPC uh, position to represent uh, GPs locally across uh, uh, the counties of Nottingham and Derbyshire. Um, right. This is much more of a broader role, and we're really dealing with you know the uh, challenges around hospital medicine too, um, and looking at basically the bigger picture and how we can work together. My main concerns are looking at the primary and secondary care interface and how that's working i, I just think there's so many obstacles i mean you know what imran it's a, and it's great to have you guys here on the call but it's actually really hard for someone like me to get just mm. one of my patients to see someone like you there's so many things that i have to do uh, to arrange for that to happen uh, not least um, the waiting time. For times. a radiologist, that might be by design. We don't want to see anyone <laughs> at all, ever. But here's the thing, like, you know, five years ago, I could do an ultrasound form and it would get done. Now they're getting bounced back yeah. so often, saying, well, you know, yeah. you request an ultrasound liver. Have you done the LFTs? What did you find on clinical mm. examination? And I'm like, what the... Yeah. Know, I'm, I'm not here to do a case presentation to you. I'm not a medical student um, doing a, mm. you know, a, a, a presentation. I'm, I'm, I'm a fully qualified doctor i've had my cct for 15 years now and uh, mm. this is the indication for the investigation it was perfectly fine a few years ago why are you being awkward mm. about it now and i get it i I'm, totally understand it's yeah. probably because there's such a huge backlog that they have to deal with but at the same time i you know it's in the middle of all of this is patients that are suffering and we've got to put them first. i've got to say you know one of the weirdest things i found about doing the gp placement and gp in general was when you've got to do that referral to like the surgical team and it turns out you've got to refer to the f2 and then and they're giving you grief and then they're, they're kind of having a go at you and you think well, hang on what's going on here like you've got a gp here who's been a gp for like 15 20 years and they've got an f2 that's just come out of med school telling you no <laughs> is that all right well the um, funny thing is that ch situation. chances are we're golf mates with their consultant um and they often forget that <laughs> um funniest one i yeah. had was it was on the august changeover day um and i made a referral it was the f1 that took the call and i said is that is that the surgical doctor on call taking GP referrals and he said no I'm the surgical doctor who's listening to GP referrals and deciding which ones I will accept <gasps> oh. yeah I, I, just, I don't know whether to, be, whether to be angry or whether to laugh it was just like wow 
Tijibos. This person's already a mister. Yeah. Where can I get your confidence from, please? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, sell that, please. Yeah, yeah, bottle that and sell that. We could all do with some of that, can't we? <laughs> That's amazing. What a what a line. What a yeah. line. I'm going to remember that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been uh, some more things going on. I think there's some heavy topics. I don't know, Trisha, do you want to do you want to go for these? I mean, well, there's some of them which I thought were kind of. I mean, um, well, it's just. I guess we've all kind of seen them, right? Where there mm. kind of there's news reports which are talking about kind of good refugees and bad refugees, and uh, the main difference between them is the color of their skin and their eyes, right? It's yeah. Kind of sad. I mean, um, um, I yeah. thought. I think. Uh, I guess in terms of the only thing to say is Mina El Nakib. Um, so his surname. So his name spelled M I N A um, L E L, and then it's N A Q. G-U-I-B. Um, mm. It's worth following him because he does retweet some really interesting stuff and, and threads on this. So just to highlight that, really. Yeah, um, I think I saw, I think I sent you guys, did I send you send you guys the Trevor Noah thing? I, tra- yes. I find Trevor Noah really, yeah. really, like, very, very good at sort of describing things. And there's, there's plenty of times I'm walking along the street and I remember something he said. And I think, God, that guy's so yeah. right about stuff, genuinely. And, mm. um, yeah, he talks a lot about, I mean, the clip I sent was a lot about this and... Um, the the idea that this shouldn't happen, you know, people are aghast that this is happening in Europe. How could this be happening in Europe and all this kind of thing? And yeah, I don't know. It's uh, watching the news sometimes. You just feel a bit like, is no one else feeling this or seeing this? Like mm. you feel a bit. There's still um, a tremendous amount of denial about the existence of racism, and, and that, that yeah. really does really does concern me. It is, it is concerning, isn't it? I just find it very odd that it can just sort of be on the news so openly. And, you know, as in it's going through networks, there's people who are actually, you know, saying it, listen to it and talking about it as if it's it's a normal thing. Like, well, hang on, I'm, you're kind of saying something which is kind of out of order. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, yeah, the thing with racism nowadays is no one really admits to racism anymore, do they? You know, like back in the 70s and 80s, it was pretty obvious and they'd happily say it. But nowadays, well, I'm... I'm not racist, but, and that conversation never yeah. ends well. And, mm, uh, yeah. and frequently they'll just end up pointing out their, their black and brown friends saying, well, I can't be racist because look, look at these people. Yeah. Mm. It's a bit like saying, I, I can't be sexist because my mother's a woman. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's true. I mean, the thing is, though, those lines that we're kind of seeing now, it is kind of getting closer to just being open racism because it's just like, it's almost like it's not, it's so brazen. And I think that's what I think why people are so like double take, you know, when they're like, oh, these refugees, they have a lot in common. And it's like, it's not even the, the shroud, the kind of smoke screen for the racism is just like thinner and thinner. It's just more and more obvious. It's just really weird. Yeah, um, it's so true. It's so true. It really is. Um, it's very, it's a very sad thing to see. I mean, hopefully, I don't know, things get sorted out soon enough and, um, yeah, we just moved on from this and um, moved on with our normal twittering, twittering lives. And um, yeah, Hope there's so. no imminent war and the rest of it. Let's see. Um, Thrush, I'm a bit disappointed there was something that wasn't on our, our, our sheet, actually. Uh, very, very disappointed. Uh, the Royal College of Radiologists just elected a new president, mate. I mean, that's as good as it gets. No, it wasn't me. I was, I was oh. never going to put my name in. If I put my name in, go through my tweets and be like, yeah, there is no chance of becoming a <laughs> president. Absolutely Who was it not. then? Uh, someone called um, oh there you go alright thank you very much for listening but there is a new uh, Imran new who, who was it I'm interested <laughs> oh god don't humor him uh, someone called Ka- Catherine Halliday uh, who's taken oh. over from uh, someone else called uh, oh Catherine Halliday hmm no, I don't think yes. No. no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's a big deal. It's going to affect all of us. I mean, you know, why the world revolves around scans. 
That, that's no, why. Seriously, why, why are you excited? Look, at this? least we've got a college, <laughs> Thrusha. Anyway, <laughs> congratulations to Catherine Halliday. Yeah, yeah, yeah congratulations. congratulations to the new RCR um, president. And uh, maybe I'll throw my hat in a couple of years once um, people forget my um, problems with dogs and all the rest of it. Uh, anyway, um, was there anything else you? Uh, I think that we're coming up to uh, like time, I guess. Is there was there anything else you want to talk about? Was there anything else that came up this week from uh, from Med Twitter and Med Twitterverse? Um, well, I mean, there, there was stuff about people were kicking off about Julia's earrings, which was a bit sad. Yes, they were turf repents. We but, should um, talk about that. We should talk about yeah. that, shouldn't we? Yeah, go yeah. on. What happened, Trisha? Please tell us what happened. It was, it was on her birthday, and so crucially, which is really we should. Yeah. It's yeah. really sad. Yeah, bless her, little baby Julia. Anyway, mm-hmm. happy birth, belated birthday to you. Happy I hope birthday. it wasn't ruined by those horrible, ho- horrible people on the internet. And mm. I think the thing is, is that uh, I so she got all these horrible replies on her, but like being like, "Happy birthday!" But you do you hate women? Do you hate women? And it was, it was just like it was nuts. because she had earrings, right? And they said, "Yeah, uh, so she, turf repellent." Is that what it yes. was? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and uh, so turf stands for trans exclusionary uh, radical feminist. Mm. Yeah, and uh, but they're just horrible. <laughs> they're just horrible, um, and uh, yeah. they're all responding like with mm. horrible stuff. And literally, though, I'd be responding with them because, like, I know that I'm annoying. So sometimes I try and use my annoying, <laughs> my powers of annoying for good. <laughs> but they weren't responding to me. But they just kept kind of buzzing at her, and so she went on private. Fair enough. Mm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and then I, th- I noticed through she, you tried to uh, bait them out. You you actually I put did. a tweet out. You're like, okay, you know what? They're not responding. Yeah, I'm come for me. Put some bait out so I can b- draw them out of the crowd. And I so, did. what did you write through, Shen? How did it go? <laughs> uh, I wrote I wrote trans women are women, which is provocative enough, apparently. Mm. And um, I got I've got a few replies. The thing was though, all these trolls they have tiny accounts. I think they kind of they make alts, don't they? Because they're not brave enough as human beings to put their actual pictures and stuff and be horrible in real life. So they have to make alts, and so they have mm. like one follower. So I've got these algorithms that basically just. I don't see them, so I'm just mm. like do, 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 do. oh, this is fine. But um, <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't so bad. But it's funny how they'll pick on the medical student, right? The female medical student, easy, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, hopefully, they don't ruin her birthday and uh, keep yeah. keep those earrings coming. They're cool. Carry on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah carry on. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think um, I think that's it, isn't it? I think that's pretty much the the week done. Um, Sean, any any final words for the for our listeners? Um, there is an event coming uh, in a couple of weeks, the Wounded Healer in London, um, uh, with a charity called uh, Doctors in Distress that uh, supports doctors who are going through difficult times, and uh, they're one of the co-sponsors, so uh, do check it out. And it's going to be some guest mm. speakers there, Rachel Clark, Adam Kay, um, oh, cool. uh, Gerardo, oh. so uh, it's down at the Royal College of GPs. I'm going to pop down mm-hmm. at some point, and uh, do check it out, please. Well, I mean, look, all you need to know is Sean Hussein might be there. And yeah. if you want to meet Sean Hussein, he's going to exactly. be there. So I'll be there on a Thursday need. evening. Yeah, do come and say hello yeah. if you see me. There you go. Yeah. There you might go. even get a lock of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If you're lucky. If you're, I mean, I know Thrusha, that's all he's been staring at the entire episode. Yeah, exactly. just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kept popping the top of my head out of the camera. So that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, Okay, cool. Well, all right. Thank you so much, uh, Med Twitter. As always, um, let's try, try and stay out of trouble, stay safe, and um, keep those ter- keep those turfs at bay. Yeah. All right then. Mm. All right. Have a good weekend. <laughs> right, take care. All right. Bye, Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.